0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. I see so many beautiful faces and I see so many new faces. So welcome to Remnant Christian Center. How many are ready for the word of God this morning? Come on. Come on, you got up. You got up, someone told you about it. As you can tell, we are a church that allows the Holy Spirit to move. We allow times for Holy Spirit interruptions. And I know it's a little cool in here. I know some of you are going like that. But it's about to get hot in the Lord. Come on, somebody say it. That's the only thing I got for you. Right let's, let's pray. I'm, st- I'm continuing a series that I am burning in my heart for. Uh, last week we started uh, a series called The Jabez Principle. Now, The Jabez Principle is on just two verses on, this, on the story of a man named Jabez. Now, I know there's books about it. And I, I even told s- some of my friends the other day, I go, you know what I don't like? I don't like when certain verses of the Bible have become super famous because then preachers don't preach about them anymore. Because it's like, oh, I'm not going to preach about that. Everyone knows about it. Well, and you know, and it. And I started thinking, when's the last time someone, you heard a sermon on John 3.16? Because it's become so famous, so popular that preachers like me say, well, they are kind of already know that. And so uh, several weeks ago, I was praying, and I found myself praying, you know, expansion, uh, uh, praying. And, 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 you know, what, what does the typical Christian do when you start praying for advancement, favor, right? Oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't pray that. I think the Western world has forgotten that, yes, you can still remain humble, but you can still ask God for his blessings. And so I started reading a story of, of Jabez that there's only two verses in the whole Bible, nothing else in it. But it was in the midst of a very boring, listen, a very boring uh, uh, demonstration, articulation of family members. Imagine if, if an orator came in here today Sat in front of this pulpit and listed just on the list of names every single one of you, your names, your last name, right? How and that was the whole service. (laughs) Well, how boring would that be if I said, okay, and Niali begot, and Yvette, and Harvest, and Shalini, and the Gomez family was Enrique, and Joanne, and their children. (laughs) I don't want to say. uh, and then there was Robin, and then there was Michael, Sturgeon. And then there was Darren. How, how boring what that is. Well, guess what? This story that I'm about to read, part two, it was like that for for nine chapters. Nine. I said that right. Nine. This this First Chronicles, chapter one through chapter nine, is not the one that you read when you want inspiration. But in the middle Of this historian's very perfect dialogue. By the way, even King David, when he was describing King David, the one who was doing the chronicalizing, didn't expand on David. But he expanded on one person. He stopped in mid-sentence as if to say, you guys, I'm going to break protocol. You guys got to hear about this man. And this is now the story part. I'm going to do a review of part one because, boy, part one was so powerful. Is so foundational. I'm going to do a review about them. then we're going, to, we're going to really dive into the second principle of Jabez. Are you ready? Go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Now, I had to give you context so you guys could know that it's not just, oh, Jabez. No, it's monotony, monotony, monotonous, monotonous, monotonous. Boom. This for two verses. Are you ready? Now, Jabez, thank you for that. Now, Jabez, the historian pauses, breaks form was more honorable than all his brothers. Say honorable. And his mother called him Jabez, saying, hear me closely now, because this is going to give you a hint, because I bore him in pain. Everybody say pain. In other words, Jabez's name was a byproduct of somebody else's pain. Let that sink in. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, I don't have time to break this down, but I'll break this down in the next couple of weeks. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Think about this, church. If, if someone got up today and said me five times in their prayers, you'd be like, that guy is selfish. Why is he talking and praying about him all the time? There's something about Jabez that God knew and responded that it was okay because of his confidence level with God that he said, bless me And not just bless me, bless me very much. When's the last time you got up in the morning and said, oh, Lord, today I'm asking for your blessings. But not just your blessings. Bless me really good. (laughs) We don't don't even have language today in the Western world for that. We, We think that's prideful. But Jabez and God didn't think that was prideful. Because most of us have a singular definition of blessing. We just think it's financial. But he goes, bless me indeed. Next week I'll tell you what what the word blessing means. Not today. I'll I'll give you a little bit so you can come next week. What the Hebrew word blessing means will shock you. Listen, enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me. And that you would keep me from evil. Now watch this, it's going to tie it together. And that I may not cause pain. So God granted him his request. Then, if you keep reading in your Bibles, boring, 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 boring. That is the only time that we know anything about it. So the first part one of the Jabez principle, again, I'm not going to be talking so much about Jabez the person, although I'll include him. I'm more talking about the principle in his life and in his prayer. and in these two verses that has given me such an insight of the kingdom of God and how to live life. Pleasing to God. The part one was the thing that we missed. The Bible says Jabez was more what? Come on, say it. More honorable than what? All his brothers. So last week we talked about the principle of honor. And so here's a little bit of review. He was more honorable than all his brothers. And because Jabez understood the principle of honor, watch this, and walked in the spirit of honor, he was radically blessed by God. And we knew and we found out last week that honor has nothing to do with its tone of voice. It has to do with the attitude of the heart. Because sometimes honor is expressed in how you receive a leader. Sometimes honor is expressed in how you receive a boss, a spiritual leader. Sometimes honor is express how you receive a prophetic word. Oh, that's not from God. Well, if here's what I find out. And this wasn't last week, but it was so good that I'm going to add it to the review, right? Whatever you honor... You will attract, and whatever you dishonor, you will repel. Oh, come on. Whatever you honor, think about, think about this. Place an item in that in that sentence. Whatever you honor, you will attract. Whatever you dishonor, you will repel. If you honor holiness, you will attract holiness, and you will attract people of holiness. A lot of times people like, Man, I don't understand why I'm just getting all these guys that don't love the Lord and hitting on me. Maybe you're attracting them to you. Whatever you dishonor, watch this, you will repel. If you dishonor holiness, you will repel the presence of God from your life. It's the same way with God and the same way with people. You want to be, be blessed with the favor of God, first learn this principle that is a foundation. Honor God well and honor people well. We found out that ten of the Ten Commandments, we found this last week, four of them, the first four are about honoring God. The last six are about honoring people. Check it out. Amen. And, again, this is a review, but we, for those of you who are not here, this is good stuff because this is foundational. We found out last week in part one that the, one of the greatest scriptures of honor. Hear me. This is so powerful. I think, Chris, you asked me something. I was chewing on this, I'm gonna, I, and I, I think I have an answer. Matthew 10 and 13, in my opinion, are are Again, I'm a Bible person, so you could write the scriptures down, go home, and chew on it yourself. Matthew chapter 10 and Matthew chapter 13, in my opinion, are the greatest New Testament example of what Jesus described how what honor is and how to walk in honor. Because Matthew 10 says um, says something powerful. He says, if you receive a prophet in a prophet in the name of a prophet, you what? You receive a prophet's reward. And then then Jesus said, if you receive a righteous person. In the name of a righteous person, you receive a righteous person's reward. Well, Chris asked me, what is a righteous person's reward? I'm like, hmm, that's a good question. So I've been chewing on that. And here's my thought on that. A righteous person's reward is if you receive righteousness in your life, if you receive a righteous person in your life, then you receive everything that they're about concerning righteousness. So that means that righteousness can rub off on you. A righteous person's reward is his life or her life of righteousness. And that reward to you brings greater conviction to you, greater accountability to you. Watch this. Greater desire for you to live holy. Come on, let's be honest church. If we surround ourselves with 10 carnal people that are just kind of mad at the church and offended at the church and you're all and offended at leadership and, and and your top 10 friends are all offended at the church and you got one friend that is tr- saying, "I don't know about this guy. I don't know we should be gossiping about that." You are going to lean towards the carnality if you have more people of carnality around you. But if you had about 10 people, it's like, you know what, guys, and and all the time they get together, you're weeping and crying. You're like, I want more of God. Even if you're an outsider, you're going to be like, guys, I, I, I want that. Something about you guys that I don't have, what is it? It's my prayer life. It's my word life. It's my choices that I had to cut off certain things so I could get more of God. Come on. If you receive a righteous, that's honor. That is honor. And we also learned that in Matthew 13, this, I'm, I'm closing with my review that I'm going to go to, but I, this is so important. I'm going to agree that honor is important. Matthew 13, he's, the Bible says that they saw Jesus growing up. Listen, this is very profound and prophetic. They saw him as a kid. They saw him. They saw him when he was 20 years old. The Bible doesn't say anything about what's happened 20 years old. They saw him when he was 28, 29. All of a sudden, when he became 30, God it's timing for him. He was always the son of God, but he wasn't manifested for everyone to see. And in Matthew 13, he went to his own city, tried to do miracles. And you know what they said? Who is this? I'm a 2022, it, okay? Who do you think this guy is? I saw him just a couple of years ago doing some carpentry work, thinking now he's all the son of God. Now, who do you think he is? The Bible says they viewed him as common, and they didn't view him as God. And you know what the Bible says? Prophets are honorable everywhere except in their own city. Then he said, Then the Bible says, And they could not do, he could not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Now, watch this. Say this after me. This is review, but this is good. Dishonor shuts down what God puts in other people for me. Do you know that God has something? around people that are close to you that sh- it could shut down because you dishonor and you are, and you don't and you don't think that they have anything to give or you don't like what they said or you don't like their mannerisms come on and dishonor closes the door for you to receive what was meant for you to receive from another person say amen and lastly this is one thing that's really good because it's import- you have to learn honor-, honor before I go to part 2 before I, s- I go to part 2 This is something that really hit me hard. Now, please let this land by the Holy Spirit. This is last week, but I went so fast. You can never receive from someone that you do not honor. Boy, that could preach. You can never receive from me if there's griping, internal griping, grumbling, complaining, mad, angry towards me. I may not even know that you're mad at me, but you will never receive from me. Or if you're like, he grew up together. Who do you think he is? He's all prideful and stuff. I'm not prideful. I'm just trying to serve God. Same thing with you. You grew up someplace. And all of a sudden, God elevates you to a position of authority, and your friends are like, "Come on, bro. Come on. That's just me." He's like, "No, I need to act this way now." Right. So my point is, you can never receive from someone that you're privately dishonoring. <laughs> come on, that's that's good preaching right there. So then, what is part two? Jabez was more honorable than him. Now, you got to poke your seatbelts because today is going to be healing for your soul. I said healing for your soul. The Bible says that right after that, it says this. And, J- and, and his mother called him Jabez. Say Jabez. Because she bore him, and some verses say in great pain. Everybody say pain. So that means the Bible called Jabez according to somebody else's Drama. According to somebody else's pain, that was the identity that was spoken over Jabez at birth. Imagine you have such a painful experience in your life that when your son or daughter is born, you name them what you've been going through. I'm going to call you broke, broke, broke Smith. (laughs) Because I'm so broke. And now you're going to make me more broke. Cuz now I got to feed you. Imagine. Imagine, no, seriously. Imagine that. Imagine. Imagine coming out and your life is so hurt and you're and you and you have so much pain and they've called you stupid and you you birth a son or daughter and you call them stupid. And that sounds funny, right? Jabez means pain or sorry. Look it up. It means sorrowful. Sorrowful. Imagine Jabez Going up to school and the attendance is coming. And it says Esther, Echmases, Jacob, pain. Pain. Now, watch this. This is going to be something that's going to set you free. Because in the Bible, what someone named a son or a daughter became self fulfilling prophecies of what they would become. Oh I'm going to preach this morning if you don't pray if you don't if you don't help me I'm going to preach myself happy in the Hebrew times, especially the Hebrews, what they were very meticulous, what they would call their kids. Because whatever they would name their children, listen, it was actually a self-fulfilling prophecy of how they would actually act in the future. Now, yes, I understand the person has a choice. Yes, I understand the person has ability to break the, the, those generational curses. I believe Jabez was there, that he saw all his life. He was labeled as pain. And some of you are... Are the byproduct of somebody else's pain? Oh my God! Some of you are a byproduct of your own words spoken over your mouth. Your parents, your your, your past boss, your third grade teacher. My wife had to get free just a couple years ago because she tried to prove herself because her third grade teacher said, "You're never going to amount to nothing, and you're stupid." And she had to go to encounters and get set free from a lot of root issues of rejection because someone named them something. Because there was an identity crisis from the very beginning where you don't have love from your parents and you don't have affirmation from your, your, your authority figures, you're going to look for them somewhere else or you will be closed off to affirmation yourself. Isn't it amazing that you could long for something yet do the same thing you long for and others because you never got healed? I'm going to give you some names. I did some research, some names to prove That the names given at birth to somebody, labels. Some of us are victim of your own labels, but some of you are self, watch this, self-fulfilling prophecies of your own past and your own words that you have believed in yourself. You believe the pattern of your life, well, I'm always broke. I'm never going to make it. And in your life, you're prophesying labels over yourself. And now you find yourself walking that prophecy of never going to make it. Because those labels are over you. And it's time to break the labels and get the identity of God back in the life of people. So you know the first one, look at the first slide. The first name, uh, reality, is Jacob. And I, I was so nice I even gave you the scripture so that you could reference it. Keep that up there. Jacob was given a name at birth. A label. Some of you, for 20 years, for 15 years, you've carried the name of your past. You carry a shame of your past. You carry a guilt of your past. And your self-fulfilling prophecy of according to that. But I'm here to declare it's time to break those names. That reputation that you have. Jacob was born. And you know the story, but some people don't know. And Jacob was born. You could, you could get that off now. Look at me. And as he was born, there was twins in the womb. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be real quick. And as Esau the firstborn was coming up. Listen, you know that there's going to be some trouble with this child from the beginning. If the child from the womb goes, oh, no, you ain't. The Bible says Jacob grabbed the heel. They're like, ah. grab the heel of Esau. And you know what the Bible says? That they named him we're going to call you deceiver. Because you just deceive your little kid, your boy. You know what? And in the church we act all holy, but we name people all the time. We name ourselves all the time. We, we, we say, oh, man, I'm just so stupid. You know what? I can't do that. You know what? God's never going to bless me. I'm never going to get healed. I've said that over myself. And the Lord says, thundered. How many, like, when the Lord says something, sometimes he'll say it real softly. Sometimes he'll thunder it. Because he's like enough. You're mature. I love when the Lord, like, speaks to me, like, strong, because that means I can handle it. And I remember one time, like, I don't know if I'm gonna get healed. Those of you who know, this real a, a, a really bad nerve affliction for four years. is really debilitating. And I'm like, I'm tired of believing. And I heard this thunder in my spirit. Those who doubt will not receive anything from the Lord. He, Lord. He's an unstable man in all his ways. Don't expect him to receive anything from the Lord. I'm like, that's in James chapter 1. God was like, I know, I gave that to you. He said, don't expect you, know, you know why you're not receiving, son? Because you're doubting all the time. I became a self-fulfilling prophecy of my own words. Jacob means deceiver. Imagine him growing up, and guess what happened? Watch this, guys, watch this. He actually became a deceiver. I, I'm going somewhere with this. You need to have your identity right and healed if you're gonna be free. Jabez was named Pain. Imagine in school, in the park, in, imagine in the playground. Hey, Pain, come over here. Hey, who are we gonna pick up for the basketball? Pain, Pain. You gonna bring the pain, Pain? No pain, no gain. In the gym, this is the probably only t- only time he was good. Here's Pain coming up. Think about it. it. Sounds funny, right? What if your name was Sorrow? What, is your, what if your name was failure? What if your name was not enough? Jacob, you know what happened? Because he didn't break that thing. They named him something. Everybody say they named him. Deceiver. Guess what? When he was older, he saw this woman named Rebecca. She's like, hey, I want to marry her. Right? Well, ha- well, well actually, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Before he even did that, he, he, was, he was a cook. He was a mama's boy. He loved to stay. Esau was a hunter. And, and I'll be real quick, but I just want to say that Esau was so hungry. And so Jacob, instead of being a good brother, saying, hey, bro, you're about to die. Come on, let me cook you up something. He goes, hey, I know you're about to die. Come on, give me some food. Give me your birthright. Deceiver, give me your birthright. He's like, you want my birthright? Yes, because Jacob, uh, uh, Jacob knew what the birthright of the firstborn gave him. Blessings. And stupid Esau said, okay, here's my birthright. Listen, he tricked his brother. And then he tricked him again. When his father Isaac said, I'm going to give the last blessing to the firstborn, which was Esau. He's, he goes, he goes. I mean, it just, it just I just love this. Because his last wish was to eat Isaac. <laughs> if you read it, he's like, give me one good food. Go out there and hunt. I want to I eat and die. <laughs> so the Bible says that Esau is like bet, And he was a hunter. He was going to get the best animal. While he was away, Jacob deceived him again through his mother's help. His mother's like, hey, listen. Esau's hairy and furry. Let's kill, I'm going to kill this animal. Seriously, read it in the Bible. Genesis 32, All that. I'm going to kill this thing. I'm going to put this fur around you and you're going to go to your father because his eyes are dim and you're going to try to talk like Esau. Deception. Why? Because he was a self-fulfilling prophecy of the name. All his life he battled with deception. And you know what the Bible says? that the, he, he deceived, he goes, <laughs> the father goes, like, you, you sound like Jacob but you feel like Esau. He's like, oh no, I, I am Esau. And so, what did he do? He stretched his hand, blessed Jacob, the deceiver. And he did come out blessed. But he had to go through a lot to finalize that. He had to wrestle with God to get that thing out of him. God's like, you're a deceiver. But you're not a deceiver anymore. Because what happened, what happened when he wrestled with God? He goes, I call you Israel now. You don't have that name anymore after you wrestle with me. You're not going to be a deceiver. You've battled with deception at birth all your life. But I need to come with you, and I need to shake that thing. It's going to hurt. You're going to have a limp, but that limp is going to cause you to be humble and lean on me instead of your own deceptive name. You're not a Jacob anymore. You're Israel, which means a prince. Woo! Don't tell me names don't have an effect on you. Don't tell me your past is not have an effect on you. You need to take authority and break it. If not, you get in the ring with God, and he'll do it. You know another one? Some of you guys don't even know this. Another name that was proven in the Bible that was given to someone. I'm saying this because you all have been given your birth name, but you've also been given a name by society, by people. You've been given a name by your thought of success. And when you don't reach that thought of success, you label yourself as a failure. Preach, Pastor George, I'm trying. Watch this, watch this. Look at Nabal. Have you ever heard of this guy, Nabal? Now, Nabal, again, was for, I read the whole, it's so beautiful when you, you search the scripture. First Samuel 25 is the whole chapter. So those of you who, who love to study the word, I give it to you. Now, this guy, Nabal, you know what the Hebrew name, Nabal, means? Fool. <laughs> Someone so like, said, man, you a fool. He goes, yeah, that's my name. fool johnson you know but, I, I, I. but guys guys look at me because i'm about to say something you say oh no big deal my 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 identity and my identity is no big deal. I just love God. I'm gonna boldly say, if you don't figure out your godly identity through Scripture, you will adopt the names that have been given to you by your failures, by society, by your past, by your own mistakes, and you will label yourself and you will prophesy to yourself. I was in the, I was in the room and the Holy Spirit told me while I was praying. He said, "Tell the people that some of them are prophesying over themselves." And some of it, you're prophesying not good stuff over yourself. You're prophesying, like, I just hate myself. I can't do this anymore. This is so hard. Well, it's going to keep getting hard. I have nobody. Well, you're going to have nobody. Break the cycle of the labels, of the pain. That Jabez experience, watch this, put that Nabal up there one more time and then we'll, we'll put it down. You know what Nabal means in, in, the, in the Hebrew fool? But you know, okay, so he was given that name by birth. Everybody say fool. Okay, now take it off. Now I want to tell you what happened. Does anybody remember the story? So Nabal was a person, just to give you a little quick Bible study, he was very rich, the Bible says. Very prosperous. Right? And David, he was almost to that point where he's about to conquer everything, about to be the king. And, and so he, of course, see, there is some reports of this, you know, renegade kind of taking over the king. Right? But it was, we all know now that it was for the good. And God ordained it. So that, so, so the Bible says that David and all his top men were, they were, they were gangsters, man. They were warriors. I'm serious. They, they didn't lose a battle. You know, they, they, when they were coming to town, I was like, oh, my God. They, they, they slaughtered people. Now watch, watch, watch. There, during time of war, the Bible says previously that David hid the shepherds of Nabal. And his whole colony, and they protected him. So now David's coming in after war. He's a little tired. He's going to this rich man and he sends messengers to this Nabal guy. Say, hey, do you guys have anything left over? Because you're, you're, you're shearing the sheep. So it's you're gonna have some leftovers, right? Can you just give us a little bit of leftovers? We're tired from the battle. Do you know what the Nabal said? Fool, fool, watch, watch this. Nabal, watch this. This is so key. He acted according to his name. He goes, who are these? Read it for yourself. Who are these renegades? I'm not going to give anything to David. Who, who do you think they are? I'm not giving anything to these people. I don't even know them. So the, 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 the messengers came back to David. This is so, I read this and I go, woo. You know what David said? He goes, get 400 men, get your swords. We're going after them. It's over. It's done. Oh, oh no, oh, no, oh, no. I'm like, he just done God David man. 400 men, 400 for, for Nabal and his, and his whole town. He was going to slaughter his whole town because watch this. He didn't honor David. That's honor. So what happened? He acted foolish. His name was a fool. He acted foolishly. So Abigail, thank God for Abigail, his wife, Abigail rushed down, gave him hundreds of things of cattle and stuff, and saw David and his men coming towards the city and bowed down her knee, her knees, and basically interceded for Nabal. But you know what his wife said? Forgive me because his name is Nabal. He's a fool because of his name. (laughs) Have you ever read that? He goes, Abigail goes, please forgive him as his name is. That's how he's acting. And I read that yesterday, and David goes, praise the Lord. Literally, I'm quoting. He goes, praise the Lord that God has sent you to me. Because surely, by tomorrow morning, none of Nabal's men would have been staying alive. That's what he said. She interceded for her fool husband that never got it right, never got the name changed. Lived up to the labels and almost got him killed because he was acting out. On, watch this, I'm getting somewhere, on false identity. I'm going to announce this to everyone. If you don't know who you are, you will begin to act erratically. And you will begin to act according to the labels that you've placed yourself because you have nothing to attach itself to. Who am I? I guess I'm who they say I am. That's why in the wrestling match, this is just coming to me. In the wrestling match where Jacob, God already knew his name. He didn't forget. He goes, who are you? What's your name? What's your name? Come on, you used to be deceiver. Who are you now? I want you to see yourself in my identity. Who are you? Jacob? No, you're not Jacob. He still called himself deceiver. He guess. I, I guess I am who they say I am. I guess I'm a deceiver. I guess I'm a, I guess I'm a doubter. I guess, I, I guess he goes, not anymore because I'm giving you my name. Jabez equals pain. Jabez equals pain. My message for you this morning is diving into discovering your godly identity to break off the names. Some of you, I feel in my spirit, you're workaholics because internally you're trying to prove something to someone that died that didn't believe in you. You're working hard around the clock, getting business, and you're fruitful, and you're showing everybody how fruitful you are because subliminally you haven't got healed from the words of rejection. Oh, I'm preaching this morning of someone that says, you will never amount to anything. And you said to yourself, I will prove it to you. And you're operating under identity of an orphan spirit versus an identity of the kingdom. The real you, put this slide up, has a new nature and a new citizenship. Come on, somebody. The real you, once you're born again and once you get saved, you have a new nature. If I say nature. And you have a new citizenship. Instantly, when the Holy Spirit came, now you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now you're just a sojourner passing by. You're not just failure. You're not just pain. You're not just overworking. You're not just a workaholic. You're not just trying to prove something. Now, now you have a new nature. Once you're born again, your old identity strips away. In the Old Testament, they had to go through a big process of wrestling with God and big encounters to have a name change. Or a revelation. But in the New Testament, all you got to do is know what really happened to you when you got saved. Do you, re- do you really know what happened when we got saved? You know the, you know what, I, what has come to my attention? There's a lot of church people that are not even saved. I take it for granted that you're saved. But maybe you just come into church and hear a good sermon to get you through the week. But maybe you're not even saved. What is it to be saved? Turn from your wicked ways. Turn from your sin. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And allow the Holy Spirit to come in and instantly and radically change your life. I don't like that preaching, Pastor George. It's the truth. We're trying to live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. We're trying to do good because our father says you better do good. I tell my kids all the time, I'm proud of you. And, and, and they say, for what? I go, because I'm just proud of you. I learned. It's not just, I, I made those mistakes when they were younger. You know, because I'm the disciplinary of the house. So, you know, if they, if they discipline, I go, did your frog move? Because, you know, your frog moves. <laughs> the frog moves, that means in, 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 in preschool, that means they did bad. So I would always tell them, did you move your frog? Yes, I moved my frog. They moved it, right? And I realized that I started, as soon as I used to get in the door, I used to start telling them first about their failures instead of who they are. I repented of that years ago. But it was from a pure heart. Thank God they don't move their frogs anymore. (laughs) Glory to God. Listen, once we get saved... The Holy Spirit instantaneously comes in. And I like to, I like to say like this when I was in the youth group. you used to say it like this. It is it, as if we have the DNA of God. We're not deity. But we have the DNA of God instantaneously injected in us. When we get saved, listen, I, this is identity right now, okay. I'm talking pure identity. When you get saved, it's like the Holy Spirit, Father and Son, got together in heaven and said, are you ready? Yes, we're ready. Inject yourself. Inject yourself. Inject yourself with this gold heavenly syringe and when you get saved liquid God comes into you come on PK do you know that when you get saved and truly born again the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you my friends my friends that is greater than pain that is greater than failure. That is greater than the name Jabez. That is greater than the name of overworking. That's the, greater than the name of the labels that you have put on your own self. And that new identity means that we took on a new divine nature. Everybody say divine nature. Do you, I'm going to break this down. Your identity, say my identity in Christ, are you ready for this? Has a divine nature. Now, you're going to think that I'm off. Just, just ho- I'm not off. Just hear me. I'm going to say something controversial right now, okay? I am divine. Mm. <laughs> you ain't divine. I see your flesh. I'm not talking about our mistakes. I'm talking about who we are. Identity is not what you do or the mistakes that you have come. Your identity is who you are. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You don't, have to, you don't see a plant, set, a, a, fruit, a banana tree saying, I am a banana tree. I better be a banana. Pop those bananas out. Oh, there it is. See, 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 I told you I'm a banana tree. I told you. You don't have to prove anything. Watch this. Watch this. Second Peter chapter 1 verse. Oh, this, are you getting something this morning? Look at this. Second Peter chapter 1. Look at this. 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 Watch this. I want everyone to read this because this is important. For your identity to be switched from the name and the labels that God has given you. Watch this. I mean, that the enemy has given you. By his divine power. Everybody say divine power. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. What? He's given us everything we need to live a godly life. Watch this. We have received all of this by coming to know him. Someone put the fans on. Some people are hot fans on again. Someone someone put the fans on. Thank you. Sorry. It's hot in here. (laughs) Watch this. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory. Are you ready for this? Ready for your identity? Ready? Okay, here it goes. Keep going to the next verse. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Watch this. These are the promises that enable you and I to share. I want you to shout this in his divine nature. He allows us to share in his, his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. What's the purpose for the divine nature? To escape the world's corruption. Come on, church. But yet we have a whole bunch of Christians walking around like Jabez used to do. No, that's not for me. My, I'm, I'm, I'm always in pain. My life is pain. My name is pain. My identity is pain. I'm a failure. Look at my bank account. Do you know that your bank account has nothing to do with the success that God calls you to be? The Bible says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. That doesn't mean poor in your bank account. Poor in spirit, which means, hey, I am bankrupt without God. The Bible says you're blessed, the Beatitudes. You're blessed if you're poor in spirit. And you should be called, uh, you should inherit the kingdom of God. Look, look, Look at this. And the Bible continues to go on and on and on. Look at this next slide. Knowing your identity in Christ will eliminate the identity you get from others. Woo! Knowing your identity in Christ Will eliminate the identity you get from others. I feel that in the spirit. Some of you, you are you're tuning me out because all you hear are the words of from your mom or your dad saying you're a failure or your lack of affirmation from your parents. Stop that noise right now and hear what God is saying over you. When you know your identity, you will not seek to have. Identity from other people to lift you up, to get you joyful, but you have to know the Word. So if you don't know the Word, you don't know what God says about you. So how do you find your identity? Get in the Word. Because listen, I found out one great truth about identity that has set me free. The greatest truth of identity is this identifying the lies in my head and replacing them with truth. Wait a minute. I said identifying the lies. Because there's lies on in everyone. We're just not identifying them. Oh, my God. Once the light turns on. Woo. When the light turns on, you're like, wait a minute here, buster. I've been believing all this time that I'm just no good. And and no one wants to use me. And I'm a failure. And all this stuff. I'm not. I haven't gone to education. I don't have a seminary degree. I can't preach. When you find out in the Bible none of that matters, you're going to be like, Oh Watch this. When you know your identity, the voice of the enemy no longer the chatter of the enemy, no longer bothers you. And he's walking around. I said, you're nobody." And you're like, "Oh, I am a child of the king. I said you're nobody. Stop thinking that way. Get behind me, Satan, see when you have your identity, you actually have, walk in power and authority. I remember one time preaching somewhere, and the Lord says, "Do not ask them, command." Tell them to command sickness to come out. If it's your will, Lord, can you just please heal them? No. Take authority. If you know your identity, you know that God will hear your prayers. The fear of man brings a snare. Watch this. Zoom in on me. Come see something good. This, not knowing your identity and getting it from others, this is the number one reason why marriages fail. Marriages, yes, marriages, because watch this, I'm going to get deep with you, because some people internally think that once they get married, their lust problems will go away. Because they can have intimacy all they want. Or some people think that that your spouse or your significant other is going to tell you and encourage you in areas that you're weak. And praise God that they do. But if you are looking for your spouse to give you an identity boost, it's only a temporary thing. And you'll go back to the same old thing. That's why marriages fail. Because they expect their mate to give them something that God only was supposed to give them. How many times you had a pat on your back from your spouse, babe, you're going to do it. That's, we need that. But those are Band-Aids. That should gear us to, God, what are you saying for me? Come on. Walking in freedom means walking in identity. Say that with me. Say walking in freedom means walking with identity in Christ. I've come to a place. I'm 50 years old. I've come to a place where I'm finally happy with me. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean just because I'm happy with me that I'm not I don't have room for for correction or to get right or for other people to lovingly spot out my blind spots. But part of identity is loving who God created you to be. Because comparison is a thief of joy. Tell you what, if you look at someone else and say, man, I wish I was like them, you just robbed your identity from God. You basically just say, God, I don't like what you made. No, 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 no. I don't want to be like that person. One person years ago said they thought I was arrogant and said, what, do you, what would you like to be, you know, uh, uh, you know if, you were a, if, if you could be any person you want to be, right. And I, I started getting an identity revelation, and I was going to honestly say a big preacher's name. I want to be like them. You know what I said? It sounds super spiritual, I know, but I I really meant this back then. I said, I want to be the best George Sotolongo I could ever be because there's only one George Sotolongo in the whole world and nobody else is like me. Some of you say amen to that. (laughs) Do you know that there there will be nobody ever like you ever? Ever, not even close. Your fingerprint... With the billions of people that have been born since the day of Genesis and now, not one person has your exact fingerprints. Wow. Oh, I feel like preaching today. Come on, I feel like preaching today. When you have your identity, you will always walk in confidence. Everybody say confidence. Are you getting something today? The Jabez principle today is knowing who you are and not walking in the words And labels that people have placed on you or that you've placed yourself. I feel that so strongly in my heart right now. There's some of you, you are so hard on yourself. And can I be honest with you? I was picking this up in the spirit. You have trust issues with people. And the reason why you have trust issues is not because it automatically came on you and that's your personality. Don't believe that lie. You have trust issues because somewhere along the way you got hurt by somebody. And you're very guarded now. And sometimes you can't receive a blessing even from God that's trying to bless you because you have a pattern of guardedness. If we can't receive from people freely, sometimes we can't receive from God freely. Because it's a condition of the heart. Come on, say amen. Look at this. The scriptures give us the revelations that fuel. Everybody say fuel. Our confidence, look at it, it's up on the screen by telling us who we really are and what we really have access to. Oh, I'm gonna jump around and joy right now. I'm gonna say that again. The scriptures, take a picture of this, gives us the revelation that fuel, that fuel the scripture is the gasoline that fuels what does it fuel? Confidence, confidence, identity, and confidence are synonymous. Show me a person who is not confident and I'll show you a person that doesn't know their identity. Uh Uh-oh. Everyone's like, "Mm, why is he looking at me like that? I will tell you what we have access to. Are you ready? I'm going to pop things off. We have a heavenly mind. If an angel came to you and said, (laughs) said, I'm going to give you right now a heavenly mind right, give to you, Lewis, a heavenly mind, you're going to be, most people be like, really? You're going to give me heaven's mind? It's already in the Bible. You would be excited if an angel said, I am going to give you a heavenly mind so you won't think all these thoughts. You're like, thank you, Lord, about time. But you know what the Bible says we have access to? First Corinthians chapter 2, I'll read it off. For we, for who knows the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand all things, for we have the mind of Christ. That's identity. Identity means you have access to heavenly thinking. You say, how? Because the Bible says, cast Every stronghold against that, that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every thought take captive. That means you have the ability to say, oh, no, 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 no. No, he- uh, no, no. no. Heavenly thoughts are all out here only, baby. Not your thoughts. Only heavenly thoughts are here. I'm, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm going to be blessed. I may not look at it right now. You know what else we have access to? Oh, I'm preaching myself happy. We have heavenly treasures, Rosie. I said, I said, an angel appeared to me. If I, if I said that and said he's going to give you all of heaven's treasure, if you didn't know the scripture, you're going to be like, "Oh my God, why me?" Everybody in Christ has heavenly treasures in them. Look at that next verse. Look at the next verse. Look, watch this. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Woo! We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, not in us. We have a heavenly mind. That's our identity. Yes, yes. We have heavenly treasures in this earthen vessel. You know what else we have? We have a new heavenly occupation. I'm going to say that. You all have a new job. You're like, uh uh-oh. I'm not telling you to quit your earthly job. Pastor George said, I need to quit my job. No, no, no. You have a heavenly job when transfer job of the highest court of the land. You know what you have you know what you are? You're an ambassador of Christ. You know what an ambassador means? If you slap an ambassador, you slap everything that that nation of an ambassador represents. If you slap and dishonor an ambassador of the United States, you're not just dishonoring that person, you're dishonoring the president, the cabinet, and all the citizens. Second Corinthians 5 verse 20, now then we are, we are, not we do, we are, not we do, we are ambassadors for Christ. As O oh God were pleading with us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, We be reconciled to God. Watch this, he, God, made him who knew no sin to be sent for us. This is going to shock you, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Wait a minute. That means we don't only do righteousness, we become righteousness. I wish I had an organ right now. Boy, that's going to (laughs) be. Turn that Jabez name around. Turn that name around and realize that you have heavenly treasure. You have a heavenly mind. You have a new job. Every one of you in here that is born again, you're an ambassador for Christ. And watch this. The righteousness that is in you from the Holy Spirit is the purest form of righteousness. Yes, you and I have to act it out and we have decisions. God is so good that he didn't make us like robots. We can decide if we do wrong or not. But the righteousness that is in you can never be improved upon. It is the highest and it's in you. Think about that. You can never improve the righteousness of God from God that is in you. My goodness gracious. You can improve your behavior, but you can never impure the pure, white, hot righteousness from the Spirit of God that lives inside every believer. Oh, God, help me, Lord. Watch this. I'm closing right, right now. Some of you guys keep going. Okay, I will. You're like, this is good, this is good. How many know this is good? How many know this is good? I saved the best for last. That is not only shouting moment, but it's the most greatest revelation on identity. The most, the top. It, it, it beats everything else. Put that slide up. One of the most impactful revelations of our biblical identity is the spirit of adoption. Oh, God. Now we are called sons and daughters of God. What? Do you realize we've been walking this Christian life so long that we forget that God adopted us, crazy us, cranky us, sinful us, messed up us, nobody wanted us, left alone us attitude us. The Lord saw and says, not only am I going to save you, the creator could have been a creator and said, I'm just going to save you. And that's it. That's all you get from me. He goes, no, I'm not only going to live inside of you, but now you're my sons and daughters. And watch this. Watch this. This is identity number one. Number one, when you are adopted, if you know anybody that's adopted people or you yourself have been adopted or you've adopted someone, they have All the rights and privileges of the sons and the daughters. The adopted son could go into the refrigerator just like the biological son. Woo! The the adopted daughter could get on the dinner table with the same sons and the same daughters and eat on the same plate. Somebody say, I am adopted. By God. That is my identity. Say that with me. Say, I'm adopted by God, and this is my identity. True freedom when it comes to identity, it's not gonna be on your screens, but I want you to write this down. True freedom when it comes to identity is three major realities. It's not gonna be on the screen. Three major realities that you and I need to get. So that we can walk in true freedom when it comes to our identity. Are you ready? Number one. Worship team, you can start coming up here, please. Number one, say how God views me. So if you want to walk in freedom, you have to tackle this question. How does God now, think about this. How do you think God views you? Now, let, we're going to take a little exam here, just here. Because it's very easy for me to preach at you and you get excited. But I want you to now grab it and think for yourself. And like, oh I want to I take responsibility for you. Listen. Without any raising of the hands, how do you think about God? How do you think God views you? Now, watch this. Look at me. I'm going to say something powerful. Because the cross. Everybody say The cross. The cross does not only reveal our sin, the cross reveals our value. Do you hear what I said? The cross doesn't just reveal how sinful you are, it reveals how valuable you are. God. For God so loved the world, you're so valuable. That he won on a cross, he just didn't do it because, oh, hurry up and let's get this, off these dirty sinners. No, your value is great before God, so much so that his only, the only son of God had to suffer and die because you're so valuable to him. If you change how you view God, you're going to change the world. You're gonna change your confidence because now you won't look at your at God the way He God sees you. No, no, no. You're valuable. The second thing is how do you view God? The first one is how does God view us? The second, how do you view God? Do you view God as a tyrant? Do you view God as a as a person with a whip in his hand? I told you stories about my dad before. There's a lot of new people. You know, when when, when we would get late and you know, and we would sneak in. Everybody, you know, you had your worldly days. You know you had that belt or the chancleta. You know Spanish people the chancleta. Come on, Spanish folks. Come on. You know your eye is twitching right now. They're like having flashbacks. They're like, oh my god. You 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 say something funny. It's like whoop, 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 whoop. it's like a boomerang. It comes right back. Right. Or if you're or if you're some other uh, 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 other other families, the mo- you couldn't even finish a sentence. You're like, I don't think. Whoop. What I was going to say, I was just going to go across the street, you know. What's my point? My point is this. Is do you view God as someone that's always going to whip you? Do you, do you, do you view God as someone like, huh? I, you told me you were never going to do it again, and you did it again. Huh? You did it again. What? what, what? I'm sorry, God. No, no, no. God goes, come, come. I knew you were going to fail. Come, come. I forgive you. How do you, listen, how how do you you view God? And watch this, how do we view ourselves? Do you view yourself as an orphan in the kingdom? Do you view yourself as the black sheep of the family? Do you view yourself as someone that's always the bad person? Or do you view yourself as a son and daughter of God? How do you view yourself? Recap. How does God view us? How do we view God? And how do we view ourselves? I'm closing because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a video that's one of my favorites when I talk about this topic. And I promise you, no matter how many times I hear it and see it, and it's funny, I cry all the time. But I want you to look at these scriptures real quick. First John chapter 3. Are you getting something this morning? First John chapter 3. Really quick. I'm closing with this. Say Identity. It's key to walking in freedom and breaking off labels and names that I've walked in. Behold, John, listen, John, John, the beloved is saying something, and I, I wish I was there because I could imagine John going like this. Let's say I'm John and I'm writing this because the Lord is telling me to write it, and I'm looking at you guys, and I, I, I would imagine John's doing this. What manner of love, not what manner of love this God has. I feel he's he's going like, what what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. He's like, this is God Almighty. He, He doesn't need to call anybody his children. He goes, what kind of love is this, guys, that we are called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because the world did not know him. Look at this next verse, Ephesians. And then we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to show you a clip. Ephesians, the Bible says, blessed be the Father, uh, God, verse, verse 1 and 3. It's up there. Look at it with me. Of Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Look at this. That we should be holy without blame before him in love. Watch this. Say this with me. Having predestined us to adoption. Woo. Adoption. As sons by Jesus Christ to himself. According to his good pleasure and his will. To the praise and the glory of his, of his grace. By which he made us accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved, the spirit of adoption allows you and I to call God Abba, Papa, Father. The spirit of adoption gives you the right to confidently say, in all my mess, my father, the one who created the whole universe, is my dad, is my God, is my father, is my papa, is my father. Just like he's Jesus' father, he's my father too. And some of you cannot receive what I'm saying today because you never had an affirmation of a father. And you never had an affirmation of a mother. You never had an affirmation of a leader. And it's hard for you to receive. But my friends, I tell you today, if all you do is receive with open arms your new identity, God will bring healing to that area. And he will be your father. You know what the Bible says in Psalms? When my mother and father rejected me, the Lord took care of me. He's the father to the fatherless. And he's labeled you beautiful. He's labeled you, uh, what's that word, Hezbollah? Hezbollah. He's looking at you not like you look at yourself. He's looking at you saying, you are my beloved one. You are my identity. Stop. Stop. Getting that identity of workaholism over your head. Stop getting that identity of I'm trying to prove my worth to somebody. Stop trying to get your identity from your spouse or your friends. Or stop looking at yourself that you're a failure. Break off the labels of pain that somebody else gave you or you gave yourself. Some of you are victims for years of somebody else's pain. And there's great power when you finally know who you are. Zoom in on me because I feel the Holy Spirit on me here. One of my favorite movies of all time on identity is The Lion King. And The Lion King, we all know about this, but there's one time, that I, I, man, I swear, I thought that that was like straight from the Bible when I saw it. Because here, <laughs> here is, and I, and I want you to see this, and then we're going to, because it's going to bring healing to you. Because he's running away from his calling and from his identity and from his purpose. He's running away. You know why he's running away? Because of his pain. I'm going to say that again. In, in that story, his name, Simba, was running away from his calling and his assignment, not because, listen, if anything else, but two things, he was in pain, watch this, this is very key, he was running away, you right, ready, slow motion, because he did not know who he was yet. When the light turns on and you know who you are, it's like supernatural strength. You become almost like Superman because you realize, I'm the son of a king. And that's who you are. Go ahead and play that clip. Little monkey. You stop following me? Who are you? The question is who are you? A little louder, guys. I thought I knew. Now I'm not so sure. Well, I know who you are. Come here. It's us here. enough already. What is that supposed to mean, anyway? It means you're a baboon. And I'm not. (laughs) I think you're a little confused. Wrong. I'm not the one who's confused. You don't even know who you are. Oh, and I suppose you know. Sure do. You're Mufasa's boy. Bye. Hey, wait. You know my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died a long time ago. Nope! Wrong again! <laughs> He's alive! And I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki, he knows the way. Come on! Hurry up! Hey, whoa, wait, wait. Come on. Come on! It's not my father, it's just my reflection. No. Look out. You see, he lives in you. What was that? (laughs) The weather. (laughs) Very peculiar, don't you think? Yeah. Looks like the winds are changing. Ah, change is good. Yeah, but it's not easy. I know what I have to do, but going back means I'll have to face my past. I've been running from it for so long. Ow! Jeez, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in the past. (laughs) Yeah, but it still hurts. Oh, yes, the past can't hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Ah! You see? So what are you going to do? First, I'm going to take your stick. No, 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 not a stick. Hey, where are you going? I'm going back. Go on, Go on. get out of here. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on. on. I want everyone right now to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. I want everyone to close your eyes. I fell from the Lord to tell you that it's time to break off the labels and the names that you've put on yourself, that others have put on you up until this point. And some of you, I know this sounds super foolish, some of you are Simba this morning. You're running away from your assignment because of your past. You don't want to accept the assignment of God because your past hurt so much, or you felt you you failed God. You never had an affirmation. I feel that others in this room, you're operating from what I call from a spirit of rejection and an orphan spirit, and you're working so hard to prove yourself to everyone to your career. Because you've never had that affirmation, so you work so hard to get people's approval when deep down inside, deep down inside, you're empty and you don't know who you are. Today, I'm going to give a call for everyone that says, I want to break off the self-fulfilling prophecies that I've put over myself through my words and the self-fulfilling prophecies I've had from others. But the thirdly, I want to come up and break off the spirit of rejection over my life. That's what I felt from the Lord. Because I don't see myself as a son. I see myself as a failure. I don't see myself victorious because I see myself as broke. The Lord says, not anymore. Because no matter what your condition is, I'm thundering it from the pulpit to you. You are a child of God. I'm no longer a slave of fear, I'm no longer a slave of other people's opinions. I'm no longer a slave of people's lack of affirmation of my life. I'm no longer a slave of money. I'm no longer a slave of opinions of people because I am a child of God. I'm adopted into his kingdom. And Jabez prayed. Listen, I'm saying the best for last. All his life, he must have been suffering with this identity crisis. And he came to a place in his life where, at the end of his prayer, he said, Lord, that I may not cause pain. Why? Because his identity was probably for so much that his name was pain, so he probably caused pain to others, and he got to a place where he said, I don't want this anymore. I'm going to break it off my life. Would you bless me indeed? Let your hand be upon me and keep me from evil that I, the one who was named pain, will no longer cause pain and no longer be in pain that's you I want you to raise your hand come on if that's you you said I need I need to break off some names come on don't be afraid I want everyone to stand up come on I feel the Holy Spirit moving in this place don't you resist the Holy Spirit don't you resist the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life there's breakthrough in your life right now come on guys I need this up here I want you right now I want you to lift up your hands right now come on lift up your hands all over this place come on we're going to worship and then we're going to open up this altar for freedom in your identity, to break off these names. Come on, to break off these labels and to break off the spirit of rejection. Come on. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.